Okay. Anyway, praise God. Oh, look. <laughs> Let, let's look. Let's look this morning at I need a miracle. I mean, think about it. I need a miracle. Well, what are we going to do? Well, have we ever heard of God helping out somebody that is in such trouble? Well, absolutely. That's the story of the scriptures. Watch this. I'm going to start in the book of Galatians, and in Galatians here, oh, let's look at uh, chapter three, and oh. Uh, Look down here at verse 5. It says, He therefore that ministers to you the Spirit. Now remember the book of Galatians is written to the Galatian church, you could say. And all these big words that we could describe, Galatians, it's the such and such number book in the Bible, whatever, and the purpose for Galatians. Listen, it was just a letter to a church. And it's important that we find out what it says. Now here's something simple that it says. He says, starting at verse 3, Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? Or in other words, by keeping all the Jewish laws and regulations? And you can make up your own, like, Jesus will help me if I do this for my parents. He will help me if I do that, or whatever. No, He's going to help you because He loves you. Verse 4, Have you suffered so many things in vain, if yet it be in vain? He therefore that ministers to you the Spirit, and he's talking about Jesus Himself, and works miracles among you. Look at that phrase works miracles among you. Does he do it by the law, by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? In other words, does Jesus do a miracle for you because you're so perfect? Or does he do it because you trust him? Let me switch to the Living Bible here, and let's see this in the Living Bible here just a second. That was verse 5. I ask you again, he says, verse 5, does God give you the power of the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you as a result of your trying to obey the Jewish laws? No, of course not. It's when you believe in Christ and fully trust Him. So in other words, you get miracles. I mean, think about it. He just said you can have these miracles by simply trusting the Lord. Let's go back to another passage here. And we're going to go to John chapter 14. And in John 14, let's look down here at a... Very familiar passage here, too. Look down at verse um, 11. He says, Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Now look at that phrase. Now what he means here is the miracles. All the miracles that Jesus did, he's saying, you should believe in me because of the miracles. Well, see, today, sometimes we put our hands on our hips And we say, well, God doesn't do miracles today. We're just supposed to believe. That's ridiculous. As a parent, did you just have your kids and say, now look, you need to be thankful that you were even born. I'm not going to do nothing for you. Are you kidding? We as parents can't help but do things for our children. Well, God's the same way. Anyway, look at verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Now that means he's not lying, isn't it? I say unto you, he that believes on me. Look at this phrase. The works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Wow! Now that's incredible. Now you just close your eyes and think a moment all the things Jesus did, because he just said, here, you can do them too. I'm thinking right now of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Oh my goodness. Wow. You think that could happen in my life? Yep. That's what he just said. There was a blind man that got healed. The 5,000 were fed. Jesus walked on the water. What else could we think of? They tried to push him off a cliff and they couldn't kill him. Guess what? That follows you too. Hasn't God kept you safe? Yes, he's kept me safe. Praise the Lord. 
Let me switch this. Well, let me just keep going a second. Watch. Look what else he says. Because this is the subject here. He says here in verse 13, And whatsoever you ask the Father, you, whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. He reiterated, he says it again in verse 14, If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now let's put this over in our farm language. That's what I like to say. My dad's got a farm, and my granddaddy was a preacher, and everybody used to thank him, and they'd say, Brother John, you always put this in language that we can understand. Well, watch this. This is, this is fantastic. This is in John again, chapter uh, 14. And look at 11. Just believe it, Jesus says, that I'm in the Father and the Father in me. Or, or else believe it because of the mighty miracles you have seen me do. Now ask yourself this question. Does God want me to believe in Him? Yes. Well, then why today would He stop a miracle from happening in, happening in your life if it's important to God that you believe Him? But we have this so backwards. This reason some people today, they think all this stuff about Jesus is I'll just take it by faith. I'll just take it by faith. Like it's a game. It's easy to take Jesus by faith when you read the Word of God. And when you let Him work in your life, obviously it's by faith, but it's not some great adventure that we just, you know, God made this so hard. No, He didn't make it hard at all. Anyway, let's keep reading. Look at this in, this, in the Living Bible, verse 12. I solemn, no, in solemn truth, I tell you, anyone believing in me shall do the same miracles I have done. Well, saints, that touches every one of us in this room. He said, any of us. Wow. Look at this. And even greater ones, because I am going to be with the Father. In other words, Jesus is not down here competing with us. I mean, not that he's competing, but I mean, he's gone to heaven. He left us. This is why it's so easy to tell people about Jesus. All you begin to do is just start telling them what he's done for you. And that's what he told the fellow that was possessed with the demon of Gadara, the legion, you know, what is your name? My name is Legion. There are so many of us. And then they were cast out into the pigs. The pigs ran down the hill. That story, remember that? That fellow wanted to follow Jesus. And Jesus said, no, I got a better idea. Go back to town and you go tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. For some reason, we think God has quit doing great things. And see, and can you smell that that's a rat in your life? Because God does not ever stop doing great things. We may stop praying, and that's where you need to be suspicious. If you stop praying, you just stopped your miracles. Don't wait for God to be kind to you every day. Ask God for the miracles. Mercy. Okay. In verse, uh, let's see, verse 13. You can ask Him for anything using my name, and I will do it. For this will bring praise to the Father because of what I, the Son, will do for you. Verse 14. Yes, ask anything using my name and I will do it. Wow. Wow. Well, that's what he says. Praise the Lord. Let's go to Acts chapter 14 just a moment. I mean, in Acts. Not chapter 14, but actually chapter chapter 3. And I'm just going to leave this in the, in the Living Bible. Look at verse 1. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock daily prayer meeting. Okay, they're, they're just going to church. Whatever. As they approached the temple, they saw a man lame from birth, carried along the street and laid by the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, as was his custom every day. As Peter and John were passing by, he asked them for some money. Okay, this guy who couldn't walk, he's asking for some money. 
Verse 4. Now remember, you've got to ask yourself, why is this in the Bible? In chapter 3 of Acts, and let's just say we've been reading our Bible. We've already read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Do you think this is in the Bible just to tell us, who are we're already Christians, that Jesus really is real? No, we already know Jesus is real. So there's another reason this is in here. And as Peter and John were passing by, he asked them for some money. Verse 4. They looked at him intently, and then Peter said, Look here. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting a gift. But Peter said, We don't have any money for you, but look at this. But I'll give you something else. What's he going to give him? I command you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the hand and pulled him to his feet. Wow. And as he did, the, la- the man's feet and ankle bones were healed and strengthened. And as he came up, no, so he came up with a leap and stood there for a moment and began walking. Then walking and leaping and praising God. Well, I guess so. He never had walked. He is hopping around. He is so happy. And you know what? They hadn't even got to church yet. They're at the gate. They're on the outside. They're at the street. They're at the mailbox. Verse 9. When the people saw him walking and heard him praising God, well, I guess so. I don't know why it is we think that God wants us to be sad. In other words, if somebody's happy, God walks up and says, well, you shouldn't be so happy. Let me tell you, God wants you happy. And that should be an indication that you should be on your knees praying when you're not happy. It's just crazy for us to grow up and to think that Jesus doesn't want us to be happy. Somebody's telling a joke and everything's funny and we think Jesus will walk up and say, well, you shouldn't be so happy. That's ridiculous. Jesus wants you to be happy. You should look up happiness in the Bible and find out. Look up the joy of the Lord. The scripture says the joy of the Lord is your strength. This guy was just going berserk because he could walk. Verse 10, and they realized he was the lame beggar that they had seen often at the beautiful gate, and they were inexpressibly surprised. They all rushed to Solomon's hall where he was holding tightly to Peter and John. Everyone stood there awed by the wonderful thing that had happened. Notice the wonderful thing that had happened. And saints, you and I need a wonderful thing to happen today if you're worried about some problem. And Jesus will do it for you if you'll just ask him. You know, if you've got any kind of difficulty, whatever it may be, your back may be hurting, whatever, you may have something growing on your skin, a a bump you're worried about. You should be expecting something wonderful to happen. Now watch what Peter said. Peter saw his opportunity, addressed the crowd. Notice he didn't say, sorry, y'all don't need to know what happened here. Yes, everyone needed to know why this guy could walk. Why? Why do we need to know? Because it is for everyone. Look what he says. Men of Israel, he said. What is so surprising about this? Now, hold it right there. I would think if it was an isolated miracle, that is surprising. You never know what God's going to do. How often do we hear that? But yet, you and I already in just a few minutes have already realized, you know what? I can get a miracle if I but just ask him. So Peter says, what's so surprising about this? Now, think about this. Am I supposed to be just fanatically overboard going, wow, this fellow here, this is unheard of. It happened one time in the Scriptures and never will it happen again. But I'm so thankful that this guy could walk. No. The story of this that Peter's saying is this can happen to every one of us. And you don't have to be a cripple. You just have to have a problem. And no matter what your problem is, Jesus will fix it. This works perfectly with James chapter 5 where it says, Is any among you afflicted? The Scripture says, Let him pray. Well, what's prayer going to do? Well, obviously, you're going to say, Lord, get me out. You know, people today in America, it's so funny. 
We're Christians, but we've got this Christian philosophy, and that's exactly what it is. That God wants us to go through troubles, and He will just be with us in trouble. Let me tell you something. God's bigger than just being with us in trouble. And matter of fact, if He's there with you in trouble, He'll get you out of trouble. Just being able to go through problems, anybody can do that. We might as, all, might as well all be Muslims, because that's what they believe. We might as all be Hare Krishna and all the other religions. Because they don't have miracles. But we have miracles. So Peter says, men of Israel, what's so surprising about this? And why look at us? This is so fantastic. Though we by our own power and godliness made this man to walk. In other words, it was just Peter. Oh man, if we could just be like Peter. Well, not even be like Peter. If we were with Peter. If we were with Jesus on the shores of Galilee. Let me tell you something, saints. David, you can see the story of his life through the book of the Psalms and all the things he went through. It's also in 1 Samuel. Oh, but anyway, he never at one time ever saw an angel. He never saw Jesus Christ. And he lived to be an old man. <clears throat> wow. God gave him victory all the time. He writes about it in the book of Psalms. We don't need to have Jesus physically show up. All we got to do is believe God's Word. Anyway, back to verse uh, 12. Peter saw his opportunity. Well, we read that part. Verse, verse 13. For it is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all of our ancestors who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. Now, this, this is exactly what John wrote and said, you'll do these same miracles in my name, and when you do a miracle in my name, it'll glorify me. He said, I refer to Jesus whom you rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's determination to let him go. Remember, Pilate said, I find no fault in him. Anyway, you didn't want him freed, this holy righteous one. Instead, you demanded the release of a murderer. And you killed the author of life. But God brought him back to life again. And John and I are witnesses of this fact. For after uh, you killed him, we saw him alive. Now look at 16. This is such a fantastic verse. And see if it means something to you and I today. Is it just a historical phrase? No. Jesus' name has healed this man. And you know how lame he was before. Faith in Jesus' name, faith given us from God, has caused this perfect healing. Wow. So what did it? It was faith in the name of Jesus. Remember Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, such as I have give I thee. Well, this same story goes on into the fourth chapter. Now I want to show you another verse here in the fourth chapter. Oh, they asked the question. They got in trouble over this miracle. And uh, take it from verse 9. He says, if you mean the good deed done to the cripple, how he was healed, let me clearly state to you and to all the people of Israel that it was done in the name and power of Jesus from Nazareth. The Messiah, the man you crucified, but God raised him to life again. It's by his authority that this man stands here healed. Wow. What did it? Faith in the name. And look at verse 12. Verse 12 goes on to say, And there is salvation in no one else. Under all heaven there's no other name for men to call upon to save them. Wow. No other name. You know what? There's something that you and I can get a hold of today that Peter had then. And Jesus spoke about it. He said, at least believe for the very work's sake. He said, whatsoever you ask in my name. I've got the name. I don't have to see Jesus to ask in his name. 
Lord, I need help financially today, so help me out in Jesus' name. There you go. You've got the name. My knee's hurting. It's bothering me today. Lord, fix my knee. Help me in the name of Jesus. I can do that. That's so simple. That's so simple. I can do that. Wow. Oh, let's look at another story here. Oh, oh. in Acts chapter 28, you'd think everything was going great. They just got saved from a horrible shipwreck. It was like they were in a hurricane and the hurricane was still going on. Acts 28, look at verse uh, 1. We soon learned that the island that we were on the island of Malta. The people of the island were very kind to us, building us a bonfire on the beach to welcome us and warm us in all the rain. Now, I want you to understand this. They just had a shipwreck, and as soon as they all swim to land, guess what? They got the heat on. Now, isn't that a miracle? Now, remember, there's 276 people that the 27th chapter just prior to this said that God, I mean, Paul said that God is going to save all of us. Praise God. Paul even said, y'all need to eat something. Get your courage up. And they all started getting happy. They started believing that Jesus really loved them. And it's a boatload of prisoners. Where do we get off thinking that God won't help me? I am such a criminal to God. God doesn't love me. Now watch this. You're going to have troubles in this life, but Jesus will get you out. Watch this. They had to swim to shore, but guess what? The heat was on. (laughs) As soon as they got there, ooh, let me get near that fire. Our beloved Paul, remember Paul, but don't make him such a super saint that he gets these miracles because he's Paul. Jesus loves him and he's more special than you. That's not true. Paul would have never wrote these things if, if we were supposed to believe that. Plus, he would have told you, you can't do these things because I'm a special apostle and that's the reason it happens to me. Watch what happens. So Paul's over here and he's trying to help heat the fire and he's just doing what you would do. Who's got the marshmallows? Let me, let me get some sticks. Y'all are so kind. He reaches and grabs some sticks and as he throws them on the fire, a deadly snake latched onto his arm. So let's read it. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks to lay on the fire, a poisonous snake driven out by the heat fastened itself to his hand. You know, you go from the frying pan to the fire, all that kind of stuff. And when it gets worse, it's worse. When it rains, it pours. But guess what? You and I have the grace of God to help us overcome these terrible things. Should we be afraid that all of a sudden you got bit by a black widow? Or a brown recluse? Or all of a sudden you've got a terrible stomach virus and maybe they got you on TV now because it's the bird flu. Oh my gosh! Oh my goodness! Saints don't run from the Bible at that point. This is when you need Him all the most. Remind yourself of this story. As Paul gathered an arm full of sticks to lay on the fire, a poisonous snake driven out by the heat fastened itself on his hand. What do you think Paul was doing? I don't think Paul was going, well, I guess it's the Lord's will that I die. Paul already knew he was supposed to go all the way to Caesar for trial. Verse 4, the people of the island saw it hanging there. I mean, it's just popping venom in his hand, in his arm. And said to each other, this guy's a murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. It's almost like, well, I guess it's God's will. God's trying to tell me something. And we as Americans, we believe that stuff sometimes. I bought a brand new starter for my car and it still don't work. I guess God's trying to teach me something. No, he's not. He's trying to get your car started if you'll ask him and let him help you. Quit believing that difficulties mean God's not helping you. When you see a difficulty, face it and overcome it. You'll do it. You'll be fine. 
So anyway, verse 5. But Paul shook off the snake, now I like this part right here, into the fire. He didn't say, well, we need to make an idol out of this thing. Because, I mean, we need to remember, this snake was just led by the Lord. No, it wasn't. Well, if it was led by the Lord, Paul had enough sense to like, well, I don't care much about this. Nobody's going to be... He threw that thing in the burning fire. I tell you what, remember, we already read the Scriptures the other day that when a sparrow falls to the ground, God knows about it. But you are worth more than many sparrows. Well, you're worth more than many snakes, too. Look at verse 6. The people waited for him to begin swelling and suddenly fall dead. It didn't happen, did it? When they had waited a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their mind and said, well, you know what? That guy's a god right there. Well, you've got to know that Paul at that point straightened it all out. Watch what he did. Watch what he did. Uh, <clears throat> Near the shore where we landed was an estate belonging to, the, to Publius, the governor of the island. He welcomed us courteous and fed us for three days. Now, what, what happened to the snake stuff? Well, it never bothered Paul, praise the Lord. I tell you what, don't worry about the dangers that come your way. The Lord will be what He says He is. He'll be a shield to you. Look what happened here. Verse 8. As it happened, Publius' father was ill with a fever in the century. Paul went in, prayed for him, laying his hands on him, healed him. Now, I want to know where all the Jesus stuff is. This is Jesus. If you have the first problem in your life whatsoever, ask God to get you out, and he'll do it. Anyway, that ain't the end of it. Then all the other sick people in the island came and were cured. Look at this. As a result, we were showered with many gifts. Well, I guess so. Everybody's like... Aunt so-and-so, just she's not going to die. What happened? Well, it puzzles me. It was a guy by the name of Paul. He talks about somebody named Jesus, and he prayed in this man named Jesus' name, and Aunt so-and-so is going to be all right. And they gave him all kind of gifts, and they got back on a boat, and everything was absolutely fine. I'm telling you, God wants you to be blessed. Let me look at this last scripture here. And you know, you can have your miracle if you'll just believe. Oh, let me go to the uh, King James just a moment. This is right before you get to the book of Revelation. It's what you call 3 John. It's about three books before the end of the Bible. Verse 1, The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Okay, well, hey, hello. Uncle Tom, this is a letter to you, whatever. Verse 2, Beloved. I mean, we need to get this. God loves us so much. And you know what John 3.16 said? For God so loved the world. Remember, Jesus said he came to save sinners. Somehow we think, well, I'm a Christian now, and I've not been the best Christian, so now God loves me less. No, he still leaves the 99, goes after you. It's just that kind of unbelief that drives you away from Jesus. So don't go there. The Scripture still calls you beloved. You know, anytime you read your Bible, it's going to still say beloved. It's not going to say, well, Richard, you scoundrel. <laughs> you're, you're an embarrassment to Jesus. No, that's not what he says. Let's read it and see what it says. I wish, look at that phrase, I wish above all things, wouldn't you think that would be the will of God? Yeah. That you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. This is, God wants you, God wants everything to work out for you. That's the way he shows the world about himself. And it's obvious in the world we live in today that that's how it works. It's so easy to tell people about Jesus 
when it's hard for you to close your mouth. I mean, look at this I'll read in the Living Bible. Dear friend, I'm praying that all is well with you and that your body is as healthy as I know your soul is. See, we all know we're going to heaven. We all know Jesus is going to take us there. And he says, I want your body to be well too. Man, you know, when you're not feeling good, guess what? That's all that matters to you is you're sick. You're like, oh man, you don't care about anything else. And let me tell you something. If you're hurting or your head's hurting or whatever, let Jesus be your healer. Quit thinking you got to do some special hoop, do some special thing to get well. I mean, the, the, and if it may not be healing, it may be something else. Ask Jesus to give you that miracle. You'll get it. You'll get it. You'll get it. One last scripture. Let's go over here uh, to the book of Mark, and let's go to Mark chapter 9, just to show you this. I know I said I was done, but I'm not done. That's the way I am. Sorry. Okay. Oh, uh, let me go back to the King James just a moment. Mark chapter 9. I want you to see how something was said here in Mark 9. Oh, let's see. Scroll down just a second. Well, I don't want to pass this. Look at verse 23. And Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to he that believeth. Jesus wouldn't say it that way if it wasn't so. Anyway, let's go on down here. And, uh, oh. Look at this. Verse 38. John answered and said, Master, talking to Jesus, we saw one casting out devils. Now, how'd he do it? In thy name. And he followed not us, and we forbade him because he followed not us. In other words, we saw, somebody, we saw somebody using your name and doing miracles, and we told him to cut it out. Oh, really? Hmm. Jesus said, forbid him not, for there's no man which shall do a miracle in my name. Look at this. No man. That indicates like it's sort of out of control. Anybody can do it? Yeah. Yeah. Remember, Jesus said, forbid him not. There's no man that can do a miracle in my name. And speak evil of me. Praise the Lord. Where's Jesus going with all this? He's going to help all of us. He really is. Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you that by your stripes we're healed. We thank you you supply every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And if we're faced with any kind of difficulty, well, according to your words, you'll get us out if we'll just but ask you. So, Lord, get us out. We need help. Praise the Lord. Well, what does that leave? Well, Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to go tell others what great things you've done to us. And that's what we're going to do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, all righty, all righty. Glory.